Happy Hump Day Wednesday. Happy Thirsty Thursday. Happy Freaky Friday or Sexy Saturday or whatever day of the week it is that you are listening to episode 209 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system. If you don't know me by now, you're going to know me right now. My name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed Gypsy Prince. And I am coming to you live from beautiful Burbank, California, in world-famous Philomonster Studios, calling it world-famous because we do air in over 90-plus countries, hundreds of thousands of downloads, but there is no peanut butter to the jelly or whiskey to the coffee or any other combination of things you can think of. There's no defenders without Philly and my man who's sitting in Casa de Nina, the warlock of wool, the tyrant of threads, the biggest purveyor of LAFC threads that I know of, J.R. Liebert. The scarf, what is good? And yes, I am in Lawndale. Philly is in Burbank, but thanks to the magic of the interwebs, we are doing this podcast on Zoom. It is episode 209 as LAFC extends their win streak to seven games. want to give a quick shout out to Austin Schultz and Luis Torres because I said I would after we left the match today. Philly, look, my day at Bank California Stadium started off much earlier than I might have imagined, 12 o'clock noon. That's because, oh my God, Philly, we finally got what we were clamoring for. We got keeper kits, my friend. It's been a little while since we clamored over keeper kits. I think last season, you and I copped a pink keeper kit. Not sure if there was another one. I think there might have been an orange, like Halloween colored one. But none of them can hold a candle to the beauty that we witnessed at LAFC HQ. We were seeing red, and I don't mean anger red. We're talking about Maxime Crepeau, sexy keeper red, as well as a very, very nice color of blue. Scarf. As per usual, when you drag me into LAFC HQ, yes, sir, you managed to successfully separate me from my wallet. You should earn a commission on anything that I buy from Bank of California Stadium because there is a 99% chance that I would not be in there or spend money in that store if not for you, brother. I think 99 is a little high. Let's go down to like maybe 89% because you absolutely love going in there. But that being said, Those red keeper kits, I mean, come on. Was there any doubt which one I would cop? I know a lot of you guys out there got the blue. But look, I'll say this. I walked by LAFC HQ at the end of today's match, Philly. I saw maybe 20 left, 20 keeper kits just hanging there. Yeah. Wait, 20 of the red or the blue or all together? Total. 20 total. I I saw maybe five or six red still hanging there, and the rest were blue. Are you serious? Yeah, I went on MLS soccer, soccer, soccer dot com com and and I scored myself the mint one as well. The mint was only available online. You could not get that one in the store. So I bought the winter green skull kit. (laughs) Absolutely. I enjoy that color, by the way. I think it'll be it may match my eyes. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what Nina thinks about it. But Philly, Tuesday at the bank, you you mentioned it was Wednesday, right? Because it is now 1209 a.m. Wednesday, August 17th. Tuesdays. Two days before Nina's mom's birthday, two days after my dad's birthday, uh, four days, I can do math, after one Christian Philly Philemon and Sujin and Connor's birthday. And then I think what also Tim Tebow and Fidel Castro and all those other people that you were Alfred Hitchcock. There you go. But Philly, the other thing that you and I were really excited about 
was Waza at the bank, Wayne Rooney in his full tracksuit, as we found out, part of the tracksuit mafia now, in his full tracksuit at the bank. I got something else that got me excited before the game of Philly. What was it like in a season that let's let's be I'll be I'll be politically correct with this one has not been great for Manchester United supporters so far. What was it like being able to relive the glory days looking at Waza at Bank of California State? Well, first and foremost, we're only two games into the Premier League season. So, yes, while we've seen Manchester United operate as a dumpster fire, we can't utilize or write the season off just yet. There's still plenty of time to turn things around. There's plenty of time to fire a manager and bring somebody else. There's plenty of time to curb the attitude of one Cristiano Ronaldo. Although he did go out on the record and say that everything that the media is reporting about him and his attitude is false and fake news. I don't doubt that. Pundits overseas have a tendency to, well, like they do here, embellish, lie, and clickbait. But as a supporter of the Mighty Red, and we'll, we'll say that term very loosely, seeing Wayne Rooney was is, is unbelievable. Like, I remember when he scored a goal. Uh, he was 16 as a member of Everton. And obviously being a fan of this team, seeing the great things that Wayne Rooney had done, tremendous. But even having the luxury of getting to see him as a player in Major League Soccer, in the 40 or so games that we had Wayne Rooney, he still managed to score 20-plus goals for D.C. United. And who could ever forget that unbelievable last-minute dime from midfield to help D.C. United secure a win? Wayne Rooney was a special, special player. Tough kid, hard-nosed, thick-skinned, amazing. But looking at him from the sideline, one wouldn't think, you know, one would think that this this guy was a professional footballer? (laughs) Crazy, because he looked more like a professional bowler right now. But it's all good. When you're Waza and you are the all-time leading scorer for England and Manchester United, you can do whatever the frick you want. It still is kind of nuts to think that quite possibly, even in the shape that he's in, he still might have been the best player out on that pitch between both teams. Philly, 558 career appearances in a Manchester United kit, 120 career appearances for the three Lions, 252 goals for Manchester United, 53 goals for the three Lions, There is soccer royalty when you're talking about Wayne Rooney, which is really cool. But another member of royalty, and dare I say, somebody that in Los Angeles vastly surpasses the accomplishments of one Wayne Rooney, was on the pitch tonight, if but for a few minutes. The honorary falconer. I have now cried twice over Vin Scully over the last two nights that I've been at Bank of California Stadium. We had the moment of silence for Vin 48 hours ago as we took on Charlotte. And Vin's best friend with the Dodgers and longest running mate in the broadcast booth, the icon of icons when it comes to Spanish play-by-play and of any play-by-play in the world, you have to start and end your all-time great list with not just Vin Scully, but Jaime Harin. And it was so cool to see Jaime back at Bank of California Stadium. We've seen him a couple of times there. But for him to be the honorary Falconer, we are talking about somebody who I will go out on a limb and say almost as many Angelinos grew up listening to Jaime Harin 
as they did Vin Scully. And to have him at the bank, it just sent chills down my spine. Talk about an icon. Talk about a legend, not just in the Hispanic community, the Latinx community, but in Dodger and Los Angeles, iconic lore. There's almost no bigger name than Jaime Harin. No, that's awesome. I mean, I saw his grandson as we were leaving Vega California Stadium, Stefan. He, um, big sports fan. Obviously, he runs his a little sports agency. I believe he might even have ties to Jose Cifuentes that way and right. heard a lot about him. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable. We've been really honored and privileged not only to witness and see some legends and titans in so many different industries, but you and I, my friend, have been blessed to have gotten an opportunity to meet with them, shake hands with them, have conversations with them, in some cases, raise glasses with them. I mean... It's just unbelievable the amount of opportunities and the cool things we have seen via LAFC, whether it be on the pitch, in the press box, in the Founders Club, down on the field, out on the street. I mean, it truly is special. And I feel you when you say that, you know, Jaime Harin is a legend. Um, Obviously, you grew up here. You know how much weight that name bears. But, you know, so cool. Such an amazing situation. And in addition to witnessing Jaime Harin on the pitch scarf, I want to give a shout out to uh, Tom, the LAFC King, and of course, Kate. Yeah. Great, made great by Kate Corka. Yes. Uh, they announced that they're going to, they did their gender reveal on the pitch at Bank of California Stadium and via a kit on the back. Uh, it's a girl. So Tom and Kate are going to have a girl. It's going to be, I believe, Kate's first. It's going to be Tom's fourth girl. God bless the both of you. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Lucky's. Nothing but love. God bless and all the best. Yeah, look, uh, I, I feel for you, Tom. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> For Fourth girl. You, you, We talked about it before the match when I ran into them both. I was rooting for a boy for you, Tom. But I got to be honest. Do you know how jealous the rest of this young girl's friends are going to be when everything she owns is made great by Kate? Are you oh, kidding me? This girl is going to be spoiled in all the best and most wonderful ways. And by the way, you've got Tom as a dad, so you're doing pretty well there to start out as well. I wanted there to be a boy for you, bud. I'm sorry. But uh, I know. I mean, come on. You're you're already great at raising young women. You've done it three times as it is. Oh, my goodness. And he had all his daughters at the Nor- uh, at LAFC today for the that first was, time. Uh, I saw them as as I was walking over to, to 110 to do pregame. I couldn't be happier for, for Tom and Kate. Congratulations to the both of them. You know, Philly, the, uh, the girls got to do something today. Speaking of women that we uh, have not been able to do in quite some time. They got to hang out on the pitch as well. They got to hold the tip of the crest at the pregame. Both uh, Panda and Nina were out there. That's really cool. And and I do want to send a quick bit of love. You and I have been both texting and and talking to this guy for the last couple of days. Want to send some love out to Jonathan Reimer, our buddy in D9U, and your fellow play-by-play, the the co-anchor of all of the Ontario Fury broadcasts, the, the good doctor, as they call him, out there in Ontario. Uh, Jonathan tore up his knee in the North end torn meniscus. I think is, uh, is that the, uh, that's the diagnosis. And oh, we want to oh, give Jonathan. Ha- that's the diagnosis he got. I-, I believe it was a torn meniscus. Yes. Oh, geez. I'd been there. Yeah. No, no fun. fun, but hit up Jonathan at boozology. Uh, look, I couldn't love think, you doctor. I-, I couldn't think of at least uh, the, the best silver lining is that there's nobody I know that has a better liquor cabinet. Then one Jonathan Reimer, so he can help himself through some of this knee pain. But the best we anesthesia love, in the world. 
right? So we love you, buddy. We hope your knee heals up and uh, watch out for those popcorn soccer balls. No doubt. Nothing but love, doctor. Hopefully you don't really need another doctor down the road, but get better, buddy. Uh, Folks, we got new LAFC kicks out. Keep in mind that they're skater shoes with rubber soles. If you're in the North End and you're wearing those kicks and you got the beer showers going on and it starts to get a little wet and soggy, be careful because that's what claimed our good buddy, the doctor. So those shoes are awesome, but obviously the traction that they have, not as uh, sturdy as the other Sambas. So sexy as they are in terms of aesthetics, be careful in terms of their functionalities. Don't forget, guys, the Mauricio Mo Facio Futsal Court in Southeast L.A. Fundraising is underway. LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast L.A. in Mo's honor. And the link to donate is in our bio. Philly, what you got in your In-N-Out cup there, bud? <laughs> um, only the greatest soft drink ever created. Can you guess who that is? Uh, Fanta? I don't know. What you well, got? that's a good one. That's a good choice. but um. I'm not much of a soda guy, and I'm going to have to blame all of my bad eating habits, believe it or not, on my unbelievably in-shape wife. I never drank <laughs> soda, and I never ate fast food until I married one Amanda the Panda Philemon, but I was consuming Dr. Pepper. I was going to say, knowing, knowing it's Amanda, it's got to be Dr. Pepper. Right? And as a child scarf, I don't know if I ever told you this, like while hanging out in the great state of Texas, touring universities and whatnot, I spent a little bit of time in Waco, Texas, right around the campus of Baylor University, and I happened to step foot in the Dr. Pepper Museum. And I was so excited touring the Dr. Pepper Museum that I actually bought a T-shirt. Dr. Pepper, the king of beverages, my favorite soda. But it wasn't until Panda... Uh, decades later that I rekindled my love of soda. And unfortunately, my waistline has grown since I've been married and met Panda. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I need to fix all that. All right, we're going to do a quick rundown of the episode. Remember, we do a little bit of this day in LAFC history. We don't we don't really have any news and notes, guys. We played 48 hours ago. Not a lot has happened. Denny Bowanga, still not around. So don't worry about it. Quick look at the Las Vegas lights in Angel City and a breakdown of the match against the fighting Wayne Rooney's. And a quick reminder, if you are not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank, and that's Bank with a C, and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, and that's still Bank with a C. This day in LAFC history, Philly, I wanted to make sure I added this one to the list. Uh, On August 16th, 2019, remember we played our match on August 16th, even though many of you are listening to this on the 17th or later Brian Rodriguez gets his first call into Uruguay's men's national team for friendlies versus Costa Rica and the U.S. men's national team. At that point in his career, he had yet to play for LAFC. But on the 17th, which is when we are recording this right now, just one day later in 2019, LAFC traveled to Rio Tinto Stadium to take on RSL. And LAFC came away with a 2-0 victory as both teams were whittled down to 10 men, Walker Zimmerman earning his second yellow card of the match. Gee, I wonder if we'll talk about second yellow cards in today's match. Mm. And Carlos Vela and Adama Diamande both scoring after the teams were 10 v 10. And the best part about that, Philly, that was the game that Carlos Vela broke the record for the most combined goals and assists in a season. Later on that year, of course, he would go on to break the goals record with 34 goals, and he added 15 assists for 49 total on the year. And that 
is this day in LAFC history. Scarf, real quick, though, if you don't mind, I wanted to kind of piggyback off your first of this day. Yeah. All right, so obviously Brian Rodriguez is, you know, considered a controversial subject. Not going to say he's the worst designated player we've ever had because that would be a lie. Andre Horta, without a doubt, takes the prize mantle there. But during that time, buddy, I mean, I think, honestly, that's where, where Brian, and I said this on 110, that's where Brian set his expectations way too high. You sign a designated player contract, you are expected to really like be an outlier and perform like you wouldn't believe. Brian Rodriguez got that call to Uruguay, and he scored a couple of goals for, at that point, the fifth most successful, na- or the fifth strongest national team in the world. That gave us the interpretation that he would do the same in LAFC, and certainly that hasn't been the case. But, um, yeah, it all stemmed from that moment, that this day in LAFC history. So I just kind of wanted to reiterate that again. Yeah, no, look, it's exactly why I brought it up. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, Uruguay, by the way, have fallen on hard times since they called him up as well. I believe at the time they were the fifth ranked team in the world. They're down to 13th right now, yeah. according to FIFA. So, uh, you know, just one of those things. Las Vegas Lights, Philly, taking on Orange County Soccer Club as they play. Uh, Philly's messing with my notes here. This is kind of fun. I am. Uh, tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, oh, you, you pressed the thing. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, they play, is it, is it today now? I think the 17th, right? It is the 17th. Uh, yeah. It says tomorrow in my notes, but I think that's because I was writing them yesterday, which is it's now today. Uh, they go on to uh, the, they're playing the USL championship division champs. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. Orange County soccer club as they travel to great park down in Irvine. Uh, Milan Olaski's 18 goals for OCSC, by the way, are three ahead of anybody else in the race for the USL's golden boot. Danny Trejo currently tied for 12th with 10 goals. So good luck to Las Vegas lights and angel city won their home match against Chicago red stars. One, nothing behind stellar defense and a goal from Philly's favorite angel city player, Savannah McCaskill in the 48th minute, the much needed win put angel city, just two points out of a playoff spot. And next up for ACFC is a road match at Children's Mercy Park. And no, that's not because they've relegated Sporting Kansas City to the NWSL. They are taking on the Kansas City Current on Friday, August 19th. It's time, Philly, to talk about the D.C. United heading to Bank of California Stadium for just the second time in our two clubs' histories. This will be our third ever match against D.C. United and this one, Philly, it would be a little more nervy, I think, than you and I thought. No, I would completely agree. I mean, the last time we played DC United 2019, we absolutely smoked them like a pack of lucky strikes. It was four to nil. We were powered by a hat trick by Diego Rossi. Uh, season prior to that, uh, we ended up with a 1-1 draw at Bank of California Stadium. So we had never, never failed to secure a point against D.C. United. Now, D.C. United, one of the bellwethers, one of the founding fathers of Major League Soccer, around since 96, a team that has had success, but a team that has fallen on hard time scarf. As of the, as of this game, D.C. United was the, in, was in the number one spot for the wooden spoon. We're talking yeah. about a team that's fourth place in the East, last place period in the supporter shield. Six wins on the season, two of them on the road. Goals for 28, goals allowed 48, minus 20 goal differential with only sporting Kansas City as a team that had a slightly better uh, goal differential than they did. 
This is a team that got rid of their coach, Hernan Lozada, just a day after D.C. United beat Florida, I'm sorry, Flower City Union in the U.S. Open Cup. We bring in Waza, a legend, a guy who, uh, you know, was pretty good in turning around Derby County's fortunes, but a manager with not that much experience. D.C. United is not the D.C. United of old. And quite honestly, since LAFC have come to the league, D.C. United has not really been a D.C. United powerhouse, period. But last five games, my man, they've only managed one win. They couldn't beat the New England Revolution. They, they, they got smoked by Charlotte. They did manage to tie the New Jersey Energy Drinks. Couldn't beat Montreal. I mean, this isn't a team that's, they're not very good, Scarf. Came yeah. in, coming in the bank, we thought they could be another casualty, kind of like Charlotte. Look, this was a uh, this was a trap game. It had all the makings, right? A Tuesday night game, MLS, the only game on the docket. By the way, Flower City Union, Philly, you know where they're from. Where? You don't know where? Oh, Rochester, New York, my friend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The uh, the gentleman who runs Flower City Union sits like two rows in front of us at, at Bank California Stadium. No way. Really? 100%. Yep. I got a pin from him last time. I was very, very he happy. runs it? The receipt. Yep. I was Introduce very me next game. I will absolutely do that. You will you will love it. Uh, I believe Jimmy Paola is his name. Uh, he's the guy who runs it. You're there. doing in L.A. rather than being in Rochester. Oh, wait. I, L.A. greater than Rochester. I, I mean, unfortunately, it looks like the last two matches they have results for. They lost five nothing each. So I think I know what he's doing in L.A. Uh, but that being said, yeah, look, D.C. United, not good. I was surprised, though, Philly, at who stuck out to me as who was truly not good on this roster. Let's get into it. We know this is not a good team. Uh, we mentioned Wayne Rooney. Look, Wayne Rooney was on the pitch today at Bank California Stadium, but unfortunately in a tracksuit off to the side. And he did earn himself a yellow card, which was kind of fun too at some point in this match. I think it was right around the 70th minute. So Wayne's still up to his old tricks. Uh, as manager, this, I think, Philly, we can agree, and we'll talk about this at the end of the match. This certainly looked like a Wayne Rooney-led team, the way that they played and how physical they were. Goalkeeper David Ochoa and oh how the mighty have fallen he got uh, got himself into some trouble in Real Salt Lake kind of walked out on his team to be perfectly honest and uh, became persona non grata in RSL and we saw what happened to the owner there when he was uh, persona non grata and so David Ochoa shipped out to Siberia a la Abu Dhabi and Nermal the cat uh, he is all the way out in D.C where dreams go to die for your soccer club, the dead last in the wooden spoon race. And now you want a guy who couldn't find motivation playing on a good team in RSL to find motivation as your keeper in the dumpster fire that is DC. David Ochoa, you will probably not be playing for the Mexican national team anytime soon, even though you flipped from US to Mexico. I don't think they want you after today's performance. Philly, the triumphant return to Bank of California Stadium. For El Papel, Andy <laughs> Nahar, anchoring the back line along with his friends Stevie Birnbaum, Jose Alfaro, and Sammy Gadiri. I got to say, I was none too pleased to see our old friend Andy Nahar back at the bank. So Fiane Jafal, Victor Paulson, and Jackson Hopkins in the midfield. Martin Rodriguez, Ravel Morrison, and Philly. Ravel Morrison's career reads like a who's who of teams 
that he had once, I don't want to say played for, but I will say was once associated with the academies of, I mean, starting out with Manchester United's under 18 squad. Then he goes to West Ham, Birmingham, Queens Park Rangers, Cardiff City, Lazio, Atlas, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Derby County. And I think that's how he found his spot over on DC United, uh, a veritable who's who for the Jamaican and English product, who, by the way, has 13 caps for the Jamaican national team all time in his career. Ravel Morrison, I, you, you think what could have been with this guy, but the player Philly that you and I both came to see on DC United, not just Waza, but Toxie found us. This guy is as good as it gets. I believe 11 goals in 16 MLS matches this season. Definitely up there for newcomer of the year on the bench, among others, Ola Kamara and Chris Durkin. But that is your lineup for DC United Philly. We would see a lineup that was pretty much the same that gave Charlotte the five, nothing drubbing just 48 hours ago. Yeah, you're not wrong. The only change in today's lineup versus the last game against Charlotte was in the back line. And that is Franco Escobar started in place of Ryan Hollingshead. That and was look the at only you difference. calling him Franco instead of Pablo. Oh, Starting don't 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 right get me started, foot. please! Don't even put that thought in my head. You got <laughs> this. I mean, I because I mean, you're going to start calling Gareth Christian Bale all over I again. I did that once last time. Damn, you it. did. It was the Pablo Escobar syndrome. Let's let's start to eliminate that from our cerebellum. I like it. But yeah, it was the same starting lineup with the exception of Escobar in between the pipes. Maxime Crepeau, and he certainly earned his paycheck today. I mentioned Franco Escobar. We got Jesus David Maria. We got Steady Eddie Segura, who is playing in his second game. Uh, I mean, he got a quite a bit of run during yeah. the last match that he yeah. played against in Charlotte. Um, 90 minutes, so that's a good sign for a man who did tear up his knee. Uh, you got Chiqui Palacios, who is just becoming such an incredible player. Our midfield, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, and Jose Cifuentes. Our front line, we welcome back Brian, who has not gone to Club America yet. Brian. Uh, Chicho Arango and Carlos Vela. The bench... Surprisingly enough, no Gareth Bale, no Giorgio Chiellini. They are they were out. Were technically they were questionable due to load management. But one upgrade in terms of like the players that were uh, out. This is big. This is the biggest thing that's happened in defenders of the bank lineup calling history. Julian Gaines <laughs> and his pelvis no longer out. Julian Gaines and his pelvis are questionable. So hey. That is a major upgrade. <laughs> I, I got to say, we have some incredible Twitter accounts associated with LAFC, right? We have Team Security Paul. We have Drunken JT. We got some great ones. How has nobody started a Twitter account for Julian Gaines's pelvis yet? That's what I want to know. This is a legendary pelvis. Philly, look, we can almost call the first half of this match a carbon copy of of the first half of last match. This was an LAFC team that wanted to get out on the front foot, wanted to start out well. And, and frankly, Brian Rodriguez had a very good first couple of minutes. He was menacing. He had a great run up the left-hand side, took four guys to dispossess once again in the second minute. Same thing, the kind of probing on the left side. We saw Taxi Fountas make a couple of really nice runs, especially... Third minute was great, but in the 26-minute, Philly, the only four-alarm fire that LAFC had to put out in the first half was another taxi found us, uh, I think it was a free kick, right, that took like 10 minutes to set up. 
Max had to save a header with one hand off the back line. Yeah, cool to Rodriguez on a brilliant cross scarf. Yeah, that was really the biggest moment of the first half for DC United. I, I thought a couple of things really stuck out for me, Philly, in the first half. Kellen Acosta's service on set pieces. I didn't love it. It was it was not not great, in my opinion. And then right around the half, we saw the Wayne Rooney coached club start playing like a Wayne Rooney coached club in the 43rd and 44th minute. El Papel announces his presence back at Bank of California Stadium with a yellow card for a bad foul. And then just one minute later, I've seen worse called a red. It was kind of a studs up tackle, though he didn't really get a lot of was it was it Chicho Arango on that one? I was trying to Yeah, Chicho got clipped. That. Yeah, that was Ravel Morrison. So back to back yellows, Philly, as as the half winds down, just one minute of stoppage time. And look, the half started with Brian Rodriguez playing really well. It ended with Brian Rodriguez not playing very well, but you know, it was what it was. No, it certainly was what it was. I mean, something that you won't see on the stat sheet. If you go back and watch the highlights of that game and you watch Carlos Vela, he'll never get the credit on the stat sheet, obviously, because you can't unless like an assist happens. But man, like you watch him distribute the ball. Yeah. Nobody passes the ball in Major League Soccer more efficiently than Carlos Vela. Like he drops dimes like you wouldn't believe. So many nice passes, so many brilliant plays, threading the needle. He does get dispossessed every once in a while, but he certainly distributes the ball exceptionally well. And that's what really makes him a threat. Sure, he can find the back of the net, but at this point, we're looking at a different Carlos Vela, one that is acting more as a facilitator and a passer as opposed to a goal scorer. But obviously, we know he can do that. He certainly distributed the ball well. Maxime Cripo had two big saves that certainly kept us in the clear. Without a doubt, there could have been some opportunities that DC United could have capitalized on pushing us down, but we did not find ourselves in a situation at halftime to where we were down. And what we do know is we are a second half team. As the statistics go, we outshoot and outshot our opponents. Uh, by a combined, what, I believe it was like 36 to 4, no, 36 to 6 this yeah. season, which is a tremendous story. But you got to tip your hats off to Wayne Rooney and his team because they certainly played well. They were far more menacing in the first half than LAFC was, and they they had the control in terms of shots. They had seven, LAFC's five. They had two on target to LAFC's zero. LAFC had no chances created. And again, that's due to the result that DC United did whatever they could to pack as many people in the box as they could. I mean, at certain points when LAFC was making their run, trying to catch things in transition, I mean, you had like nine, you had nine people in the box. Yeah. Really, really tough needles to, to thread. And Steve himself has said, LAFC, for the most part, 66.6% of the field, they were good. The final third is where things got sloppy. But it's hard when you got nine to ten players in that, it, just playing defense right there. But it wasn't the greatest of first halves, but it was very much reminiscent to that of the Charlotte game. Would deja vu happen all over, uh, all over again? Yeah, look, and I thought once again, LAFC coming out on the front foot in the second half, though though I did like the first two minutes, I'll say, of possession for DC United in the 47th. I just loved it. It was Kellen to Brian to Vela 
And it was one of those, those plays that developed so quickly and so nicely. I've seen Carlos Vela score from this angle before, though it's not easy. And in this case, he hammered it into the side netting. In the 50th minute, Philly, a yellow card for D.C. United's Stevie Birnbaum. This would prove to be significant a few minutes later. In the 51st, off that yellow card, I absolutely loved it. The Chicho went for goal. It was deflected by the wall just barely. Yeah. I think if the wall doesn't get a small piece of that Philly, it might be one nothing on another Chicho banger from the outside. And I just, it, you know, it was one of those things where you saw it to me in the 55th minute. 54th minute, great 1v1 defending from Cheeky. Right? 100%. Cheeky on that was that was one of my favorite plays of the entire match. Taxi and Cheeky are 1v1, and this is their guy, right? It is their danger, Will Robinson danger, the guy that you mark no matter where he is on the pitch. Cheeky Palacios. I, I, I will say this. This match might have been ugly in a lot of different facets, but LAFC's individual and then help defending was, I think, the best it has been all season. Save for this taxi Fantas moment in the 55th minute and one a little bit later. Again, everything was through taxi Fantas today, in my opinion. LAFC was incredible on our defense today. I thought that was really important. I don't really want to talk about Brian Rodriguez's effort in the 59th minute because I don't know if that was a shot or, or a pass. Or, or maybe no, I mean, it looked like it looked like he tried to connect with Chicho, man. I mean, that was such it was such great ball movement between so many of our players. And then Brian we weeds himself in the box and just lets it rip. And I mean, it really was a shot to nowhere. Um, he yeah. tried to connect with Chicho. Chicho was running, but boy, was he off the mark. That was that was not good. It was rough. It was rough. In that same minute, though, 59th minute, we get David Ochoa, and I want to say it again. I mentioned at the start of us talking about this match, Philly, that one player surprised me at just how awful they were. That player was David Ochoa, and I'll talk about that as we get a little bit closer to some of the other significant action. But he got a yellow for delay, and and man, the, the... we we talk sometimes, right, Philly, about players with a million-dollar body but a 10-cent head. That's David Ochoa, man. David Ochoa was awful today. And just one minute later, Philly, speaking of awful, I said on the 110 football postgame show last match that I wanted to see more Paul, team security Paul, Paul Apodaca, on the Jumbotron. And thank you to Stevie Birnbaum because to Stephen Birnbaum's credit, he watched the last episode of 110 Football's postgame, and he said, you know what? I want to give the scarf what the scarf wants. I want to give Bank of California Stadium what they want. More Paul Apodaca. And the reason why Team Security Paul had to be there is because he got to escort Stevie Birnbaum off the pitch after a second yellow Philly in the 60th minute. LASC goes up a man, 11 v. 10. Yep, Stevie Birnbaum representing Irvine, California at its <laughs> finest. Didn't allow his team to be in a really good position. Another yellow card certainly puts LAFC in the catbird seat with the man advantage. Really, really silly. I mean, there were a lot of really, really silly yellow cards. You could go back into the first half. I think sure. it was Hopkins who had a stupid, stupid right. 
scenario where he just booted right. a ball, got himself a yellow card. I mean, you talk about a Wayne Rooney team. That was a team that offer operated off a of Wayne Rooney temperament. I mean, they were yeah. they were certainly hot headed, but they were aggressive, much like Wayne would be. So yeah. now we have a man advantage, and this is the opportunity where LAFC needed to capitalize, and capitalize they did because in the sixty second minute, we see Mahala Quadwo Opoku subbing into the match for Brian Rodriguez. I have often argued that Mahala should start. These past couple of games, Brian has started in his place. I know Steve is a big fan of Brian with this season going through. I know there's been a reluctancy to want to let him go with all these different clubs that are hover, hovering around, Club America being one of them. Brian's already gone on record saying he would want to be there. And I don't blame him. He's been wanting to get to other places. The ironic thing is when you watch La Liga right now and you look at the table, the team that he was on, Almeria, they're now promoted. One can only imagine what it would have been like had Brian Rodriguez managed to trigger that clause. But Had he ingratiated himself at all with the club there in Almeria, I think he would still be there. But uh, Yeah, for certain. And look, and I think you're you're glossing over one other fact, Philly. We go up a man as Birnbaum gets the red. We now go up two men because Mahala comes in and he'll actually be productive during his time in rather than Brian Rodriguez. Yeah, right. no, you're not wrong. I mean, when Mahala gets in the game, Mahala is magic. 26 minutes played against Charlotte. The kid had multiple opportunities, and he certainly was part of the goal-scoring efforts of LAFC, and he would continue to do so. But moving along, 64th minute, you have Escobar making a really nice run, connecting with Acosta. Uh, he, there was a shot towards Ochoa. That ball could have had a little bit more mustard on it, but easy play there. But then a couple of minutes after that, we got some Mahala magic, baby. You get a pass, LAFC on the counter. You catch them in transition. They will punish and devastate you. Carlos Vela connects with Chicho Arango. Chicho Arango connects with a wide-open Quadwo Poku. And boom, crash, biff, pow, Break out all your Adam West scenario, like cartoon <laughs> bubble situations. And that's how you've got a goal with LAFC. Quadwo Opoku puts the black and gold in front, one to nothing. And you got to tip your hat off. Total team effort. Great defense by the team. Great transition. Finally connecting in that final third. Once again, the captain, Carlos Vela, orchestrating it. Great pass to Chicho. Chicho had... Ample space to where he could have gone out there and delivered and pounced in with his 13th goal, but he passes it off to Opoku. Opoku gets number six on the season. LAFC is off to the races. Yeah, not just number six, but the 15th goal scored by an LAFC substitute this season, which means only two clubs in Major League Soccer history. Colorado with 19 goals in 1998 from substitutes. And these very same DC United just six years ago with 16 goals in 2016, only those two clubs, Philly, have scored more goals by substitutes. We are four away from tying the record, and we have nine games remaining on the season. And, and we know this is a second-half team. So it's very, very likely that we'll break that record. For those of you going back to watch the highlights of this and watch the Mahala uh, watch the Mahala goal there. Uh, do me a favor. Watch David Ochoa. I I remember seeing Bambi for the first time. And when Bambi <laughs> tried to walk on, on the frozen water there, the ice, the lake that was frozen over, it didn't go well for Bambi. 
David Ochoa reminded me of that scene in Bambi there with Bambi trying to walk on the uh, the frozen ice. It it didn't go well for David Ochoa. And again, I just haven't seen a keeper look that bad in quite some time. Philly, we almost got a giggity goal in the 69th minute. Taxi found us taking a shot from well outside the box, catching the inside of the post. But luckily, it banged off and wide rather than into the back of the net. A a real moment of nervousness there for Taxi Fountas. I I really, I just absolutely love watching this guy. And, And honestly, that was really their best chance of the entire second half, Philly. Was a shot from well outside the box from their superstar. A couple minutes later, Wayne Rooney gets a yellow. That was fun. And then we we got to see Latif and man, Philly, he's trying so hard, dare I say, too hard at this point. In the 73rd minute, Carlos comes out for Latif Blessing. Yeah, we love the star man. We certainly love the star man. But at this point, <coughs> pardon me, at this point, I would say we're developing a new star man from Akragana in that of Quadwo Opoku. Look, Latif Blessing has been the heart and soul of this club for so long. I love Latif still and will always be my favorite LAFC player. But this has not been his season. Sure, he causes a lot of menace in the midfield. He certainly gives defenders a, uh, a an issue, but... He's just not as adept as scoring at scoring as Quadwo Opoku is. And we'll see that. 75th minute, Latif making a run for it. Looked like he could have gotten taken down in the box, but nothing essentially happened on that play. We were really hoping so, but you know, nothing there. Acosta had a really, really nice pass. That was great. And then uh 81st minute, Wayne Rooney. Decides to go for the gusto. He puts in three of his subs. One of those subs being that of an Ola Kamara, a player who has had success scoring against LAFC as a member of the Carson Galaxy. Look, Kamara should probably start more for DC United. This is a guy who is their second leading scorer, seven goals and one assist on the season. And he's only one short season removed away from his most productive season ever as a professional player where last year, He had 19 goals and four assists, a dangerous player. And I'm not going to lie, the way this game was going, the way that DC United was playing, knowing that all they would have to do is continue to be aggressive and throw everything at LAFC along with the kitchen sink, I really felt that this was an opportunity in which we were being challenged. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. Yeah, look, I do want to mention that while we're sitting up there and, and founders were watching these players play on the pitch, Man, I kept looking over because the game, look, I I was nervous about this game the entire time. But we had, you had sitting about three rows in front of you, and I had sitting about five seats to the left of me, about four different players from the DC United, the the young kids that travel with the team, but they weren't going to play. And you mentioned you want to see a lot more of Ola Kamara. I'm going to throw a name out there, Defenders Nation, something that the millions. And millions. Can can latch on to this kid is I think 18 years old now, might be 19, signed at just 15 years old. He is a pint-sized dynamo. Moses Nyman. Watch out for this name. Watch out for this kid, Moses Nyman. He was sitting about five seats to my left. And and I I said to him while we were at halftime, I was like, Moses, man, I can't wait to see you out there on the pitch. 
This kid might be able to change the fortunes if he can pair up with Taxi Fountas and Ola Kamara and really Don't forget become, Christian Benteke. Yeah, Christian Benteke's coming in as well. This this is a team that's not going to be as bad as they are right now, but man, they are bad right now. And, and look, in the 77th minute, I just thought David Ochoa was so bad. David Ochoa was so bad. Um, Chicho kind of killed a run for us in the 79th minute, getting called for a foul. And it looked like we were gearing up for a surefire goal on the right side. Chicho came kind of barreling through on the left. I haven't seen that very often where a foul was called to disrupt the break like that. And, and I thought Philly, you know, I, I appreciate Wayne Rooney and his coaching tactics for what he did in the 81st minute. In the 81st minute, Wayne Rooney, and I was watching him more than I was watching the pitch at this point. He looked over at his bench, gestured for a couple of the guys, and I thought, you know what? I like this. 81st minute, Wayne Rooney has decided, I'm going to try to steal a point on the road at Bank of California Stadium. I'm going to make three subs for three players who are rather defensive-minded. They brought in Oroyatsem, Pines, and Kamara in for, amongst others, Andy Nahar, who was nowhere to be found offensively in this match. And it immediately paid dividends, right? Odoi Atsam got a corner off of his very first couple of touches. And, and you thought, all right, maybe he's going to find lightning in a bottle here. Maybe he's going to steal something. But man, our defense looks so good, Philly, closing out this match for the last six, seven, eight minutes. And that's so important because we've gone through so many different variations of a back line. We jokingly referred to the 80th minute hex back in 2018. Our, our, our set piece was a lot set, set piece defense was less than stellar several times. But man, we, we certainly have the best back line that we could have possibly ever hoped for. And that's whether the, that we have our starters, that's whether we have our bench and Kudos to uh, some of our starters that came out. We uh, we had Eddie Segura play over 80 minutes yep. in this game. He played a full 90 the last game. He subs in. Uh, we got Mama Dufal gracing the roster. It's been a minute. We have Ryan Hollingshead coming in. And these are all kids that are capable of causing so much damage on their own and preventing goals from happening. But that was um, it was very reassuring to get these pieces off of the bench and into the lineup 85th minute there's a near chance you got chicho to latif there was a story where that was a story that got blocked by ochoa uh then another attempt gets blocked out we get corner for lafc 87th minute we're on the counter holling said to chicho but that's a shot saved by ochoa we get a corner that uh, save philly was world-class from ochoa i said ochoa was yeah, you've been pooping meat. on him all day no, I, I said Ochoa was dog meat for the entire match. And uh, our friend who sits right behind us, he, he tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, hey, he heard you talking all that mess about him. And I was talking all kinds of mess. But you know what? Chicho should be one goal closer to the golden boot race, if not for that save by David Ochoa. Uh, Philly, question for you. Okay. What was Jesus David Murillo doing in the 90th minute? In the 90th minute, what was That's Jesus that what? that was where he decided to go on walkabout and take the ball all the way up through himself. He made the run, got called offside. Why is a player when we are trying to park the bus like Jesus David Mario should have been doing? He literally sprinted from our goal box to their goal box. And when he got the service, finally he was offside. So it didn't matter. But I'm <laughs> yeah. sitting there, I'm sitting there watching Murray and I'm going, dude, dude, we got to see this out in stoppage time. Get your butt back on defense. 
We already saw Franco Escobar with a bad yellow just a minute earlier as he would, thought he, I don't know if he thought he was Cam Akers or who he thought he was holding uh, you and mean, running the ball no, down the pitch there. If but, he was Cam Akers, he'd be injured because that's what happens to Cam Akers. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, but Philly, three minutes of stoppage time. Not a lot going on other than, was it was it Chicho that tried to catch David he got, Ochoa? He got, yeah, he, he got ambitious. He, he tried <laughs> to shoot from center pitch. Chicho is certainly ambitious. You got to applaud the attempt. Why the hell not at that point? Because there was nothing that DC United was doing that would amount to any kind of an attack. But yeah. got to applaud Chicho for it. I mean, we said this during the pregame show on 110 Football. In the time that Chicho's been a member of the Black and Gold, and we have to go back to August of last year, only Tati Castellanos, who was the Golden Boot winner at last season, has scored more goals than Chicho Arango. And Chicho is only one goal right now away from tying that of Tati Castellanos. Tati leaves MLS with 13. Chicho's at 12. Certainly had an opportunity to connect on his 13th, but let the scoring streak end. That's fine. She has another opportunity up north this Saturday against San Jose at Bank of California North. And if I want to nitpick just a little bit on Chicho here. I'll say this. The last two matches, I think Chicho's actually been a little too selfish, looking to score maybe a little bit too much. There were a couple of times today. Yeah, he passed to Mahala. Match. He got the assist to Mahala, though. No, I totally agree. He got he got the assist along with Carlos Vela on that goal. But I think as the game winds down, he's really looking for his a little bit more. I think that's perfectly fine, but that's just a Striker's small thing got a strike. No, I'm with you. Look, Philly, seventh straight win is the second longest streak in Major League Soccer since 2000. Now, why do I bring up 2000? That's when MLS eliminated that ridiculous shootout strategy that they had. Uh, So since 2000, only Seattle's nine-game win streak in 2018 is longer. LAFC doing some special things, not just special in the annals of the five-year history of LAFC but special in the 26 now year history of major league soccer Philly, because you know what? We're doing some things that very few clubs have ever done while we are also doing some things that no clubs have ever done. It's an exciting time. You've talked about it several times where you've mentioned that they are pinch me moments. We are living in some of those. And I I know this match isn't going to go on the bulletin board or on the on the refrigerator for being beautiful art, right? But either way, three points is three points, and we get ourselves a little bit closer to a few more records. Philly, I'm curious, your take after watching the match, who was your man of the match? Um, Look, I mean, it could be easy. We could go swinging over to Mahala. I mean, we could possibly like acknowledge Franco Escobar because he is the man of the match that the 3252 acknowledged. But I'll tell you this, if it wasn't for his play, we would have lost this game. I have to tip my hats off to Maxime Cripeau. Maxime Cripeau made three really good and very important and very crucial saves that kept us into this game. Now, we have not gone down uh, against an opponent in a very long time. Yeah, As it stands right now, our record is stellar when we score the first goal of the game. I mean, it's so stellar, it's it's stupid. It's it's absolutely stupid. But had it not been for Maxime Cripeau doing what he did, 
um, we wouldn't have been in the position that we're in. I know people are saying that he has not had the season that that people would have, most people would have expected or anticipated. But Maxime has something that he had he never had before at Vancouver, and that's amazing support, a yeah. really good backline that's really preventing him from getting as many opportunities as some of the other goalkeepers in this league. He made three great saves. He looked really bored against Charlotte, but that's because we have outstanding defenders. So. When times when, when the situation arose and the pressure amounted, Maxime Crippo did his thing, kept uh, kept uh, uh, what you call it, DC United out of the back of the net and kept our team into it. He is my man of the match. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not gonna disagree. Actually, he was mine as well. And and what a night to do it on the night where his uh, of course his jerseys are fun. Not his jerseys, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, where where the goalkeeper jerseys finally came out. That was really exciting. And look, DC United, three shots on target, three saves. They also hit the woodwork once, of course, with Taxi Fountas. But this was a team, Philly, look, the, the expected goals, 1.8 for LAFC. So LAFC actually vastly underachieved as it comes to what we should have done. But I, I think what, what we saw more than anything else LAFC with 406 accurate passes to DC United's 225. We're almost doubling up the other team in terms of our passing efficiency. I think that's really big. But let's talk about another significant number, Philly. 57 points with 25 matches played. We're now on pace for over 77 points on the season. And we've got one more game this week, by the way, August 20th at, you mentioned it, Bank of California North at PayPal Park. In San Jose, but 57 points, Philly, significant because it matches our total already from our inaugural season in 2018 when we had all the hopes and dreams laid out there in front of us before RSL said, hold my beer. Uh, 57 points, Philly, matching the inaugural season. That's kind of a fun stat, right? No, it absolutely is a fun stat. And I know there's people out there that are not happy with the way LAFC have performed. I'm seeing banterings and complainings on social media. And look, I'm in too good of a mood to go down a, a rabbit hole of ranting be, just because, you know, there's some idiots out there that feel the need to poo-poo on everything. But I'm going to say this. We came into this thinking that this was probably going to be a trap game. Now, in 2019... This may have been a situation in which we could have either walked out with a tie or potentially lost to DC United. We did not win in a very pretty fashion. In fact, it was a sloppy game. The, the player, in some cases, it was lethargic. As Steve said, there was uh, trouble in the final third of the pitch, but we managed to pull out a win. A 1-0 win against the worst team in the league is my definition of a 2022 LAFC's trap game. So we're performing exceptionally well. We're on a seven-game winning streak, which is a franchise record. We are close to tying an all-time league record in terms of yeah. a winning percentage. We handed D.C. United their fifth straight shutout road loss. They are now be part of that elite club of five te- only five teams that have done that since this league has started. We are killing everybody. We are doing so exceptionally well, and we are doing it as a total team effort. 2019, it was the it was the Carlos Vela show. Had yeah. he not performed the way he did, we would have not had that historic run. 
This season is different because we have a lot of players that are contributed. You alluded to it earlier. We had 15 goals by subs. We've got, what, 14, 15 different goal scorers on the season. This is a team of destiny. It's not a team that's ruled by one star. This is total team effort. This is what a championship contender looks like. This is what a can't be a trouble because we didn't win the World Cup, but not the World Cup, the U.S. Open Cup. But this is a team that very well could win the Supporter Shield and damn well can contend and possibly, if not, win the MLS Cup. And that's that's the story. Folks, enjoy this season. We got spoiled in 2019. We saw what 2020 provided to us. We saw what 2021 provided to us. We are literally lucky. This is the luckiest thing ever. I mean, how many times can we catch lightning in a bottle? LAFC is on the precipice of history. Enjoy this ride because I I can't imagine we're going to see another season quite like this. Yeah, we're set up to win a lot over the long run, bringing in Danny, Danny, but enjoy this. Think of this as a trap game. For the love of God, stop complaining. This is a really good team. Yeah, three points is three points. I just want to put something in perspective, by the way, for all of the the black and gold faithful out there. There are 27 other teams in Major League Soccer besides LAFC. 27 other teams. If you just took the points that we have accrued at home, 35 points, 35 home points, If you just took our home points, we have more points than 19 of the 27 teams in Major League Soccer just at home. Come on, people. This is an historic season, the likes of which maybe, maybe surpasses 2019 as of right now. This is a historic season, the likes of which could break all kinds of records. We have Plenty of games to play. Nine still left to go. Nine still. But the 18 wins that we have on the season put us just four shy of tying the record of 22. The 17 points that we need to break the record of 73, that's five wins on the season to get us to 15. Five of our next nine games, have you watched LAFC play this season? Do you not think we can go? five out of our next nine with victories at least? Absolutely. The goal differential all of a sudden has crept up to 30, plus 30 on the season. And now we get to go beat up on the Smurfs over at PayPal Park in San Jose. We've got a couple of days to actually wait for it. Rest? In fact, Wednesday, the whole team is off. They're off for the entire day. Thursday, they'll practice. Sorry, it's training, right? Thursday, they'll train. Friday, they'll train and then head up to San Jose. This is a club that is positioning itself to do historically great things. And yes, we know. We've circled it too. August 26th in Austin. It's going to be a heavyweight title fight. It's going to be a lot of fun. But honestly, the way that LAFC is playing right now, what match should we go into for the entire rest of the season and think, eh, we, we should win all of these? Every single match, Philly. Every single match. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, we break the points record. We break the wins record. I, I think this is, you mentioned it. We, these opportunities don't come along very often. Enjoy this ride. Enjoy this season. 
I mean, look, at the very least, we're likely winning Supporter Shield. We're going to Champions League. We got extra football to play next season. I can't wait to see what we do with the extra football we have to play this season. But we got San Jose on the 20th. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, nine games left, three games at home. Um, With the exception of Austin, I mean, most of these are probably are going to be easy wins. Still seeing out there that, oh, this is win the big games. I hope we go into Austin and absolutely silence all those boneheads. Um, LAFC doesn't win on the the big games when it matters. We've hardly been around, guys. But regardless, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because there's always a rabbit hole for negativity. And I feel bad for people that demand that much uh, perfection because chances are they don't demand it or even get close to ascertaining it in their own lives. Sure. Enjoy this ride. Enjoy it just as much as I'm enjoying my... Never mind. I'm not going to mention it. (laughs) I got Harry behind me. Philly, fun little announcement. Uh, We will actually likely, right? I think we're planning on doing this. You can tell me if I'm wrong. We'll likely have an episode out, not this one, not the one about San Jose, but one in between the two, I believe. We we are going to be releasing a really, really fun interview that we got to do over at Saturday's Football, House of Football there in uh, Highland Park. We got to interview DJ Flick, man. World famous, world renowned DJ Flick. And yes, this very same DJ Flick that collaborated with Kid Ink and none other than Be Real from Cypress Hill on the LA's anthem, Do It For LA. Uh, Philly, how much fun did we have doing that? I can't wait. Uh, it's edited. It's out. It's ready to go. And I think in a couple of days, we're going to release it in between this episode and the episode all about San Jose and our hopeful victory there. I love it. Yeah, you guys are going to enjoy this interview. It's it's a tremendous human interest story. Uh, DJ Flick is unbelievable, super creative, and his story is just outstanding. Obviously, we haven't done an interview with, with anybody in a very long time. I think Eddie Segura might have been the last interview that we had on this podcast. Uh, but this one with DJ Flick was exciting. We certainly had a blast in doing it. He's such a cool guy. Uh, certainly call him a uh, family at this point. Can't wait for y'all to hear the next episode. Yeah, look, and and Philly, I don't know if we have much more to go on on this episode. This I got great. no more juice, man. It's 1.07 a.m. Wednesday, August 17th. Woo! I'm spent, baby. I need to rest. Well, then you know how we like to end all of our episodes, including this one, episode 209. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.